0: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Histories of the Unexpected. It's the show in which we demonstrate that everything, simply everything, has its own history. Like spiders hiding and scabs.
0: And we will be following the links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how those histories link together in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, who knew that the history of oranges is all about Tudor spies and secret handwriting? Or that the history of mischief is all about Viking warriors?
1: Well the man sitting opposite me will help pilot us through this wonderful historical world. He's one of the country's leading professors of history. It's Professor James Daybell. Hi James!
0: Hi Sam! And the man sitting opposite me is the famous historical adventurer Dr Sam Willis. Hello Sam! Hello
1: everyone! Now we're very excited. This is part of our special series for kids a series for homeschooling and it's the first we're actually recording together james has already done 3 very good episodes four, now it, four, four sorry <laughs> four very good episodes now um what we're going to do is we're going to take a subject that i bet you don't think has a history and we're going to prove that it does and today i'm so excited about this i've wanted to do this for ages it's the history of slime
0: i don't think slime has a history sam
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's think about how slime might have a history. What well, my,
0: my daughters are obsessed with slime. And the other day, I was walking through my youngest daughter's bedroom and there was slime all over the floor and I got it all over my socks. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're forever making slime. I, I found on my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter's bookshelf, a book called The Slime Book, which has more than 30 amazing recipes. It claims wow. and it has listen to these so it, it gives you the basic slime recipe and then it's got a fluffy slime recipe see-through <laughs> slime serious putty starry slime crunchy smelly glitter popping and my favorite is fake snot
1: <laughs> that I like the sound yes of. it's
0: good but 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 slime has a slime has a history slime is a toy like that, and there is a slime craze among kids, is actually relatively recent. It was only invented in the 1970s by an American toy manufacturer called Mattel. It was green, slimy, and you could buy it in a little box, that plastic box, that was shaped like a dustbin.
1: Hmm, 50 years old, though,
0: isn't it? 50 years
1: old. Yeah, fascinating. Um, I like the idea of things being slimy, which we might describe as slime, like soap. Or yes. shampoo, or and my son came up with this one. I said, What's slimy? And he said glue. That's yeah. a fantastic
0: one, isn't it? And did you know that that there is the medicinal use of slime in oh, the really? past? So snail slime. If you if you're interested in ancient Greece or the Middle Ages, people living then used to use snail slime for medicinal <laughs> purposes. They would use it to cure. Ulcers and inflamed skin or if you made it into a syrup, it would be used for coughs. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. No, or to treat um, light acne, warts and calluses. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine that today going to the doctors or going to the pharmacist and asking for some snail mucus? (laughs) My my daughter
1: said that um, some food is slimy and of course it is slimy and also particularly sauces. The ability to make mass-produce sauces which are a little bit slimy. That's quite interesting. Also,
0: ectoplasm. (laughs) Do you know anything about ectoplasm? So those of you who've seen Ghostbusters and those ghosts leaving slime everywhere, this, in fact, has a real-life history. And it is connected to spiritual mediums or spiritualists in the Victorian period. Now, these were people that thought that they could communicate with the dead. And when they brought people around, they would do something called a seance and they, or the lights would be down and they would pretend to be able to channel these people. And ectoplasm was supposedly the slimy substance that came out of their mouths when what? they were talking to the deceased. But in fact, some very clever people have actually discovered that they were all frauds and that these people in fact used egg white or paper or butter muslin or cloth to come out of their mouths to represent the sort of supernatural beings that they were supposed to be able to communicate with.
1: Nonetheless, they were still making slime, weren't exactly. they? That's very interesting. Exactly. Well, today yes. I wanted to talk about slime that's um, a lubricant, slime that makes things... Uh, slip and move easier, which has got a fascinating history in itself. There are some very, very ancient examples. Prehistoric, they know that they crushed up leaves to put under, um, like the Egyptians building their pyramids. They would lubricate the sledges which they carried those heavy rocks on, or for opening the gates of castles in the medieval period and for lubricating siege weapons as well. So there's a big history of using slimy things to lubricate
0: machines which is what we want to talk about did, today before you go on did you know that in pre-industrial sweden sam they used black slugs to grease wooden axles of carts did you know that <laughs> No. children would go around and they would collect slugs in the rural areas and use them give them to their parents would use them to lubricate hay wagons and apparently this was a practice that continued up until the 20th century can you believe? Mm. So a special type of slug was
1: particularly good at making things slippy?
0: (laughs) A black slug apparently.
1: A black slug. Well I wanted to talk about it today in terms of the industrial revolution because it was so so important This is the period when the world changed from one in which everything was made by hand to most things being made by machines. And machines were invented, steam-powered machines. They took over from things like water wheels or machines that were driven by animals. So that meant that more material could be made. And because you've got machines like this, think about trains or railways or cars or bicycles. All of these things we take for granted now They were new in the 19th century, and the one thing they all needed to make sure that they didn't break down was slime. They needed a lubricant. Now, here is the best example of it. What I've got here is a recipe for slime from the... General Superintendent. He's called Henry Booth, this guy. He's the General Superintendent of the Liverpool and Manchester Railway. Hang on. He um, sounds a very
0: important chap, Sam.
1: Yep, the Liverpool and Manchester Railway. This is important railway because it's the first intercity railway in the world. It opens on the 15th of September, 1830, between eighteen thirty between the Lancashire towns of Liverpool and... And Manchester. Now this guy called Henry Booth was in charge and what he did was he invented a new type of slime to put on the axles of the railway to make sure that they operated as effectively as possible, that the trains worked and they didn't break down and what he's left us is a sort of recipe. Here we go. For the axle grease, use a solution of soda in water. That's the common washing soda of the shops. So it's a bit like our soap powder, guys. In the proportion of half a pound weight of soda to a gallon of pure water. To one gallon of this solution, add three pounds of good clean tallow. Now, tallow's animal fat. And he says six pounds of palm oil, which is a type of oil that comes from palm trees. Or instead he says, so he gives you an alternative, instead of the mixture of tallow and palm oil, add 10 pounds of palm oil or eight pounds of tallow. Then the tallow and the palm oil must be heated together to about 200 degrees or 210 degrees Fahrenheit. And the whole mass must be mixed and stirred together and be agitated without ceasing till the composition be cooled down and have achieved, obtained its consistency, which will be that of grease or butter, in which state it will be fit for use. So what he's doing there is he's taking animal fat called tallow. He's taking palm oil, which is oil from a palm tree. He's mixing them together. He's heating them up and then waiting for them to cool down. And what you'd end up with is a huge globule of stuff, a bit like butter and that he would then rub all over the axles, all over the moving parts of his steam engine railways to make sure that they didn't break down. Now, this was so, so important during the 19th century, during the Industrial Revolution. You think about what the machines were doing. Well, some of the earliest machines were used for making clothes in what we called the textile industry. They'd make things like flax, cotton, wool, silk or hemp, so all of people's clothes were made by machines. Also, machines were used to farm in the fields. You've got combine harvesters and tractors and all sorts of mechanical devices to make farming easier. Now that meant that a lot of the food that you ate was also made by machines. And transportation itself, the fact that we can drive around in cars is taken for granted, or go on trains, but that was all new. And it all depended on new machines and all of these machines needed lubricants they needed slime to work so that James is why and how this type of slime was so important during the industrial revolution
0: Sam that's excellent now what I'd like to do is take one of these inventors a very interesting man called George Stevenson and he came up with one of the most revolutionary inventions during this period And it was called the Locomotive Steam Engine. And George Stevenson is a really fascinating man. He was born in 1781 and his father was a mechanic who worked for an atmospheric steam engine company in a coal mine in Newcastle. These are basically engines that were powered by steam. Now, young George had no formal schooling He went off to fight as a teenager in the Napoleonic Wars and then he got married when he came back. And in order to make ends meet, earn a little bit of extra money, he seems to have mended people's clocks. And this is what got him interested, along with being the son of his father and seeing his father working on steam engines. This is what got him interested in this. So rather than like an engineer going to university or taking A levels in science nowadays this was somebody who really learned on the job and he was a friend of a mechanic who had his own engine and he persuaded this guy to allow him to take a part in being involved in looking after his engine and from there he becomes a chief mechanic at the Killingworth Colliery and it's this experience that then leads him to experimenting with engines that run on track He goes to visit a local coal mine and sees them using something called a steamer boiler on wheels. And he thinks, oh, that's a great idea, but wouldn't it be better if you put it on tracks? And what he does is he gets together with a group of people and he invents his first steam locomotive called the Blutcher, which is an engine that drew about eight loaded wagons and they could carry about 30 tonnes of coal at four miles an hour. So actually sounds like quite slow to us nowadays, but actually it's a little bit faster than people walking. What he does then is he adds another ingredient, another sort of magic ingredient to make it work even better. He adds something called a steam blast, which is a really strong exhaust of steam directed up the chimney, which makes everything go really fast. And That enables him to develop the locomotive capacity of this. Now, over the years, he builds all sorts of steam engines. But what really is a game changer for him is that he hears in 1821 that there's going to be a new railroad built between Stockton and Darlington in the north of England. And they're doing this because what they want to do is go and mine coal in that area. And the guy who's doing it thinks that you can actually use horsepower. You can actually have these trucks on the railroad and then pull them by horses. Not so fast, thinks George Stevenson. And he goes along and talks to the guy who is promoting this idea and persuades him that instead of using horses he should in fact use his steam locomotives the guy is so impressed by him that he says okay you can do that I'll pay you to be able to build a steam locomotive on this and that is one of his first locomotive trains that he puts and on on the 27th of September in 1825 he puts his active named Uh, locomotive on this line and it ran between Darlington and Stockton and carried 450 people at a time at the speed of 15 miles an hour and then the next thing was he got involved in building the Liverpool to Manchester line which in 1829 was near completion and he persuaded them to take on his new engine which was known as the rocket which he built with his son and this Was this went at a speed of thirty six miles an hour, so even faster. And this Manchester to this and this Liverpool to Manchester line opened on the fifteenth of September, eighteen thirty, and it was the rocket was able to pull eight locomotives. And from this time on, railroad buildings spread throughout Britain and also throughout Europe and America. And George Stevenson was one of the leading figures in the development of the railways and steam locomotives. So a very important man in the Industrial Revolution. He was, and it's very, very um, important that you don't underestimate just
1: how much of a change this was. Here's a fact for you. In 1841, James, Crewe, it's a tiny village in Cheshire, there was about 203 people lived there. But 30 years later, there were 18 thousand people there absolutely amazing and now we've got one thing for you to do guys why don't you try and make your own slime a bit like that recipe see if you can get some butter see if you can get some olive oil and maybe a bit of animal fat left over from a roast dinner and mix it all together to see if you can get the best type of slime take photos of it and let us know what
0: it was like that's brilliant Sam there are so many recipes for slime out there I found this fantastic one online called Troll Bogey's Magnetic Slime Recipe now the ingredients for this are six ounces of clear glue half a tablespoon of baking soda baking powder one tablespoon of green mica powder in other words you can use food dye so green food dye You then need one teaspoon of contact lens solution. An optional extra is bergamot essential oils, 10 drops of that to make it smell nice. And then you need a quarter of a cup of iron powder. Now, if you go online, you can buy iron powder on Amazon or online anywhere like that quite cheaply. And then you need your magnets. There are all sorts of magnets out there. Um, If you have a very strong magnet, you'll be able to attach it to the slime very easily. Now, next step is how to make magnetic slime. So in a bowl, add your glue, baking soda, your colour. You can even use paint or food colouring here. Your essential oils, if you want, and then your magnetic powder magnetic powder is the magic ingredient here so once you've got all that in your bowl mix it thoroughly and then you add your contact lens solution and then you mix it very very quickly after that and once the mixture balls up put it in your hands and work the slime together in your hands all sort of oozy and squidgy until it's pliable And you know when the slime is done because it feels like a sort of smooth toffee mixture. And the next thing to do is to test your slime with a few magnets and see if it actually works. Now, remember, whenever you've produced your slime, keep it in an airtight container or plastic bag in order to keep it very good. So there we are. Go out and make some magnetic slime. That sounds very industrial revolution. And one more thing. If you're interested in Stevenson's rocket, so this locomotive engine that we were talking about earlier, go and have a look online at the scienceandindustrymuseum.org.uk. Now, museums like schools are all closed at the moment, but on this brilliant website, you can have a virtual tour of Stevenson's rocket that was built in 1829.
1: And that's it. That's our history of slime and the industrial revolution. Come and make friends. Find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook and find us on Twitter. And you can find links for all of those at historiesoftheunexpected.com. Come and see us soon. We've got more coming up. What's next, James? I think it might be spiders.
0: I think it might be spiders and then it might be darkness.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Bye, guys.
0: Bye.